I have red flags, believe it or not. And I have just loved turning 21 because since I turned 21, I feel like I learn every, like I learn a new thing every day. Every day I'm learning something. Every day there's a lesson. And it's kind of exhausting because I'm just like, I just want to live. I just want to be happy. I just don't want to think about anything slightly remotely negative or self-deprecating. But I just can't help myself. I'm just so fascinated by what life is teaching me that I feel like I need to debrief with you guys. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we just need to have a conversation, an intimate conversation about it. So welcome to our date. Welcome back to Please Don't Leave the Table. I'm Celine, and I'm so glad that you guys are here today for this topic. Now, I wanted to talk about this topic because I feel like this is something I hadn't thought about or considered before. Um, This really only came into my head like yesterday because I was watching a TikTok and I don't remember who it was or what exactly the context was, but um, the person was basically saying that every time people talk about their exes or ex-friends or, you know, their siblings in a certain, like, situation, their parents, their other family members, their old workplaces, everyone has something to say about other people's red flags and I I kind of like thought to myself after watching this video what are mine like if we were to round up everyone who's ever known me or had a problem with me for any sort of reason what would be their red flags of me and I feel like I should be wise and choose peace by not trying (laughs) not trying to think about that um but Today's focus, I wanted to talk about what I think some of my personal red flags are based on like experiences like me in a dynamic with another person or just me in how I operate on my own without anybody else um, and how I am learning to sort of tackle these red flags so that they can be points of progression and growth and not just red flags that stay red flags because I'm not bothered to work on them. So hopefully through telling you guys about some of my red flags, you can think about your own and then how you can move forward. Um, I feel like in doing all of this like self-analysis, I can get to know myself better. I can see how I've operated in the past with people and like how I can improve little bits of myself so that I can be better in connections with people in connections um, with a significant other, in connections with my siblings, in connection with my parents, my friends, etc, etc. And yeah, I feel like it's like it's necessary for a continuous development, but I've never thought about this before. So we're going to talk about them today. My first red flag is seeing and trusting potential. Now, let me tell you why I think this is a red flag, because a lot of people might be like, oh, but like, wouldn't that be a red flag on the other person? But I think it's my red flag because trusting in potential or basing decisions off of potential is very, very risky because potential isn't fact. Potential isn't now. It's not present. It's not in the room with us today. It's something that we've just figuratively imagined in our heads to be the future potential is great for planning life 
um, potential is great for kind of a check mark on where you are. It's a reference, but potential isn't truth. And I think that more often than not, in every single situation, I always, always, always have based my decisions on potential. Do you know what I mean? Let me give you some examples. I was like, well, some of them have worked out for me and some of them haven't. I'm going to tell you the ones that have worked out for me and I'm going to tell you the ones that haven't. For example, when I first bought this microphone or bought my camera, my video camera, I was like, well, potentially one day I'm going to have a YouTube channel and like, I'm going to be famous. So let me spend a thousand dollars on equipment. And then I didn't touch those things for about a year or two. I didn't, or like I would use them for a couple months and then not use them. And I would have just spent a bunch of money on things that didn't happen because it's not my fault. Well, partially, it's not my fault that these things didn't happen because I um, ended up going in a different direction or I didn't have time once I got to uni and it wasn't a priority for me anymore and it just wasn't at the top of my list. But now it is, right? And hopefully, you know, I would hope that this is like a long thing. The longevity of it will be like worth it. So that's something that has currently worked out for me. It's still working for me. Mainly my potential, seeing potential in other people has caused (laughs) many uh, downfalls, setbacks on my part. For example, if I'm like, oh my gosh, this boy called me beautiful. I will be like, oh my gosh, I wonder what the potential of us could be. Perhaps we're going to date all year and then he's going to ask me to be his girlfriend in a huge dramatic way. And then after that, we're going to spend two years together. And after that, we're going to move in together. And after that, he's going to marry me. And after that, we're going to have children. And then after that, we're going to live happily ever after. And then after that, we're going to die of old age. Now, people with anxiety, I feel like in my experience, again, I'm not a psychologist, but in my experience, I feel like people with anxiety are the ones who fall for potential. And the reason why we do that is because we already have like pre-calculations, pre-planning done in case of like the worst case scenario, right? So we're always prepared. And I think that in thinking through a future, especially with like another person, whether it be a family member, whether it be a friend, whether it be a significant other, it's caused me many disappointments (laughs) many times because especially people who did me dirty, they would present this front and then I'd be like, oh my goodness, this is so great. And then they would never live up to that potential that I imagined in my head, which They could have had a part in if they like sold it to me and was like, I'm going to do this, this and that. And then I'm like, oh, yes, this is Bible. Like, obviously, because this person said it, now they're going to stick to it. And then they don't. But it's really my fault because the entire time they would have been showing me who they were. And I just didn't see it because I was only looking at their potential. This has happened to me a couple of times with friends because I'm the kind of person who doesn't like change in like 
people when I have my people and like I love them and they give me good energy and like they fill up my cup and they make me social I just I don't want them to go I feel like that's just a natural human thing like if you like your friends if you like your significant other if you like your family you'll want them around forever and oftentimes that's that combination with wanting um to just believe in someone's potential lets me down at least 97% of the time. Now, obviously, you have loved ones who are going to like have some drawbacks in certain parts of their lives, which is normal. And that's fine for you to be like, oh, I see your potential. Like if your best friend is going through a rut and she's like rock bottom at the moment, but you know that she has the potential to rise above. Absolutely. That's completely different. That's just you knowing who your friend is and just knowing that this is a season but I'm talking mainly for people who you're just getting to know or like you only know them surface level and then you just dream up an entire like thing like oh we're gonna be best friends and like we're gonna um, hang out every single day and I'm gonna write a bucket list of things we can do for the summer and we're gonna do all this that and next and this person has actually no intention of doing any of that Or maybe they just told you, but they're not actually going to do it because it's not who they are. And then you are like, oh, I'm so disappointed. So that's my first red flag. I don't know if if it's that bad. I hope I didn't make it sound like terrible because it's like, it's not that all of my relationships are just like super naive. And I'm like, you're going to be great for me. It's usually like a mix of me feeling that way and then them also promising me things or like, xyz so I feel like moving forward I would love to work on seeing people for who they are and learning to appreciate them for where they're at and who they are and then setting my own personal like and then setting my own personal boundaries that way so that I don't get disappointed and then also that person doesn't feel like well you're putting all this pressure on me and all these expectations to be someone that I'm not like I feel like that that's my first red flag seeing potential so if you're someone who sees potential or you romanticize things don't do it this is your warning okay moving on I've talked about this next one pretty recently I'm pretty sure because I've I've recorded a bunch of episodes now I'm just like waiting to release them when the times like there but in the last couple of episodes somewhere I talked about my conflict avoiding. Now, guys, I really didn't realize that this was a red flag. And that's the thing about the red flags is that sometimes they're not as red or dangerous as they sound, right? Like a red flag could be compulsive lying, right? That's like a big red flag that you're like, whoa, You don't want to be with someone who compulsively lies to you. You don't want to be around someone who compulsively lies to you because then you're like, can I trust you? Can I not trust you? And then it's like a whole thing. But I also feel like it's those tiny teensy little habits and ways of living that we've picked up, whether it's through our childhood or through meeting people and forming relationships in our adolescence and into adulthood that kind of shape the way we move. And some things aren't healthy they're not like crazy and toxic and abusive, but they're not healthy. For example, avoiding conflict. 
which is the thing that I was like, if you're avoiding conflict, you're a peacemaker. You're literally the jackpot. You are what everyone wants to be. You're not problematic. Life is so easy for you. You don't beef with anybody. But I found that to be quite the opposite in the last year. When someone has confrontation or conflict, my first instinct is to try and defuse the conflict, right? When it's coming from someone else. And so I'll like want someone to be calm or like I want someone to talk slowly or with an even tone or, you know, bring it up to me in like a positive way because I just think people need to do that. And I could have really hurt the other person or I could really like have done something that overstepped a boundary or whatever. And in me expecting people to avoid conflict or avoid big explosions, like it's it's fair and unfair because sometimes I can really hurt someone like I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. I probably piss off a bunch of people in my life and they, you know, will navigate that and will try to make amends and move forward as best as we can. I'm not going to proclaim to be perfect because I'm not. But I've always just expected people to hop around conflict and confrontation the way that I do because that's a natural thing for me. And it's something that, yes, I am unlearning now and I'm getting so, so much better at it. I'm so proud of myself for it. But when someone used to bring a huge explosive confrontation to me, I used to just be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you need to chill. And that was not good. Because I feel like, okay, it wasn't necessarily gaslighting, but I was like, why are you coming at me with that like crazy energy, right? It's like if my mom's like, why did you do the dishes? All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? Like, I was just chilling like two seconds ago. And even though it's like kind of solicited, like if she's always telling me to do the dishes, then like she has every right to yell at me about it. Also, she's my mom, so she could do whatever she wants. But like, I've always expected people to kind of hop around conflict. Like, that's from the receiving side. And then also as a person who has the issue, I have this habit of, like, hopping around my friends and people. I'm just like, oh, I easily forgive people and I easily move on, whereas I'm building resentment low-key unconsciously. And I've always thought that to be the way things work is, like, people disappoint you, you kind of get over it and you never bring it up. And so that is my second red flag because I need to not avoid conflict and instead just adapt ways to have healthier conflict. Red flag number three for me is stonewalling. Now, again, this is another thing I didn't know that I did because I thought it was natural for me. And I also thought this was a way of keeping peace. If someone was to yell at me, bring a confrontation up, do X, Y, Z, I would stonewall, meaning I would just give nothing. I would say nothing in an argument. I would, if I could, get out of the room of an argument or a confrontation. If I could, I would ignore the text messages, ignore the calls for a while until I settled down. And the reason why I do this, or I have done this in the past, is because I know that when people's emotions get heightened and in the middle of like all of like the blood boiling and the you know the anger people say things that they don't mean and I have been hurt by a lot of people in this way like when they're really angry or like super upset and emotional they will say things that are mean and not nice not healthy no 
real reason. There's no necessary reason as to why they would say these things. But they would stick with me as they do. So when you're arguing with someone and you just say shit that comes out of your head and like straight out of your mouth without thinking about it, sometimes you can say something that is really, really hurtful to the person that you care about and really, really demeaning, degrading, humiliating, making them feel inferior. And then afterwards, when you've settled down, you'll kind of feel bad, right? And so... I have never wanted to do that because it's been done to me and I don't like it. I don't like how it makes me feel. And I also don't like the tension it causes in the relationship after because even when you guys are friends again, even when you guys are good again, even when when you guys are like on good terms with your siblings, with your parents or whoever you are arguing with, like those words kind of still circulate. I don't know if anyone has had the same experience or if like I'm not making sense, but I've just never wanted to do that to other people. So instead, I just stay quiet in an argument because I'm just like I'm gonna let the person say whatever they want and they're gonna do this and that and the next but I think that sometimes what it communicates to the other person is that I don't care about the confrontation it communicates that I don't hear them in the in the confrontation I don't hear what they're saying I'm literally just it kind of looks like I'm ignoring them and it's not I'm just like staying silent I'm saying okay I understand just so I don't have a meltdown or I'm leaving the room of a really tense, you know, um, argument or confrontation so that I can catch my breath and just think before I have a response. And in that kind of good intention of like not wanting to hurt someone else or not wanting to say things I don't mean or not wanting to respond before I have the chance to think about it and then not be able to take it back. I think that I've developed a really bad way of like stonewalling people and like just ignoring them or like leading up um to an argument I would like kind of go silent because I just I just didn't want to I kind of felt like I was walking on eggshells right with people like if I had a friend who really really upset me and she's really really upset with me as well like she would go straight for my neck and I would just be like okay cool yeah okay cool okay okay and then like not talk to her for a little while after just for me to cool off but what it communicates to the other person especially when you haven't communicated with them if you just go straight to not speaking or straight to taking space without saying anything is that you don't care you've ignored what they've talked about they don't feel understood or seen or acknowledged by you and then it just it's just a bad combination and I never realized that this was a red flag because I'm like okay let's say I'm in a relationship if the person I'm in a relationship with doesn't feel like I've heard them or understood them when they've expressed a a feeling or um an experience that they've had It just looks like, oh, I did you dirty and now I'm ignoring you. And I've never thought about it that way. I had never, ever thought about it that way because I'd always just been like, oh, well, I'm just stonewalling so I don't say anything I regret or so I don't, you know, um, insult the person or humiliate the person. I'd rather keep the thought to myself instead of saying something that's going to, that I feel in the moment but is completely irrational later when I'm sitting and thinking about it. I don't want to like burn bridges in a relationship or in a friendship or at my workplace. Um, So I just stay quiet. And in staying quiet, resentment builds up, all this kind of stuff builds up and it's just not good. And then for the other person, like 
I, I like to think about it this way now that if I was to open up to a friend and be like hey I really feel like this and they just sat there and then didn't talk to me after I would feel so misunderstood neglected I would feel underappreciated undervalued so moving forward in the relationships I'm in in the friendships I'm in with the connections I have with anyone in my life I really want to make a conscious effort to if I um, am in an argument to think and to hear and listen and then kind of think a little bit and then respond and at least say something as opposed to saying nothing and if I really really feel like this I can't have this conversation right now I need to take space or I just need some time after this um kind of tense moment to recharge or like recover or restore some thoughts then I communicate that hey this is just what I'm doing I'm not like ignoring you and I hear you and I just want to make sure that when I say something I'm not saying anything that is going to be you know offensive to you and I just kind of want to respect you as well so I I'm just needing this space maybe I need 30 minutes to cool off maybe I need 10 minutes to cool off and then I can come back and really be present for the conversation so if that sounds like you then it's okay like that you have that I think it's more common than people think because I never thought that I was ignoring people or stonewalling them or um, making them feel invalidated I always just thought that I was protecting them from what could be a really ugly, insulting, humiliating um, like response or comeback from me in the middle of heightened emotions. So that was my third one. My fourth one would probably be that I need to unload more. Now, you're probably thinking that as someone who is very adamant about conversations, saving lives and like talking about issues and stuff um on the internet that I would be like this in my personal relationships and that's somewhat true depending on who the person is in my life and what role they play in my life and how deeply I know them how long I've known them for I could say for a lot of my friends I could just be like I feel sad or like I feel anxious or I'm worried about this or I'm scared about this and I'm fearing this or I'm feeling really angry about this there's like maybe like three or four people in this world that I can go to with any emotion or any experience and then for the rest of my relationships which is this is very common for people it's really just a pick and choose on who I can tell what but I would probably like to do this more for the people closest to me in terms of relational like my significant other or my parents or my siblings and my friends I want to open up more and really be in my feelings and not be afraid to be in my feelings um I think as an oldest sibling in my house my brain is very very um solutional I don't know if that's a word but logical like my my thinking is just like okay let me help you solve the problem or I don't mind if people need to lean on me for some support I don't mind if people need to vent to me because for me when people vent to me it doesn't weigh on my shoulders it kind of goes in one ear out the other I can give my advice I can give my support and then I leave it there I don't 
take kind of people's experiences and people's um problems and stuff home with me and then I ruminate about them and then I'm always thinking about them and because I feel like that can be very draining and very exhausting especially if you're an empath and in my adolescence especially I used to do that I used to think well like if I don't care about people's problems and I don't try to help them solve them then it means that I'm a bad friend and I haven't really been there I haven't supported them so I want to make sure everyone's heard and it used to drain me but now that I've kind of developed that balance of okay I can have and like I, I can have empathy for this person, I can help them, I can support them, I can be on call for them anytime that they need, but I don't have to take that into my life, it doesn't have to be my responsibility, I'm go- I'm, I've got a lot better at that, so that's a good thing. Um, but I feel like in, in that kind of headspace, I always struggle to tell people how I feel and be like, hey, I'm actually really worried about this, or like, I'm really stressed about this or I'm confused about this and I and I I struggle to be vulnerable in real time I can tell people about any experience I've ever had if it's in the past but kind of when I'm going through it or just about to go through it I don't like to talk about it and it it makes it very hard for the people in my life to be there for me and to feel like they're being there for me right because in a relationship it's not like like I can't just be like oh well my friend is always there for me do you know what I mean if I don't feel like I'm showing up for my friendships if I don't feel like I'm showing up for my relationships then I don't feel a sense of like I am able to help this person I don't know if that makes sense in a relationship you need to feel like that person is there for you and that you are there for that person in every single connection and interaction and relationship that you have and I think that that's what a lot of people around me struggle with with me is that they don't feel like they're there for me because I can't open up or I'm not used to opening up or opening up is uncomfortable for me when it's actually happening in real time. So moving forward, um, I want to focus on doing that for my current relationships in my life and letting people know and letting people be able to be assured in the fact that hey, I am here for Celine. Celine knows I'm here for her. I can help her. I can hear her out. I can support her. And then me to feel like my friends are supporting me and I can open up to them and feel safer to do so. And I think that over time with a lot of the friends that I can tell anything to, it's really just been based off of that first interaction. It's like, okay, um, this is something little that happened to me. And then over time, we build up enough trust for me to go with them with anything. And I think that that's what I need to start implementing across all my relationships is like maybe it might not even get to the point where I can tell you everything, but I at least want to be able to be vulnerable with people because I like having people support me and everyone needs like a good, strong community around them, especially when they go through hard times. And even now in this season where I've been really uncomfortable lately, very confused, kind of chaotic and all over the place, this time I was like, I'm going to make a conscious decision to lean into my people to lean into my community to lean into my friends to lean into my parents for advice and like being open and being candid and it's been one of the most rewarding experiences since I turned 21 and since I've been in this new age and I 
I really like that perspective because I think that a lot of the time we're pushed to like you've only got yourself forever and you can only rely on you and I know that a lot of people as well are afraid to be vulnerable because they're afraid that the person that they tell things to is going to go tell other people and while that still is a conscious fear of mine it doesn't stop me anymore because I'm just like everyone's doing life for the first time if you're around people who are going to judge you that's a their problem and their problem only if I tell a friend that like hey I'm really struggling with anxiety and depression and I'm trusting her to support me and then she goes and she tells the world like hey Celine's struggling with like her mental health and depression that's on her that's got nothing to do with me and I feel like I used to internalize that a lot and I still am learning to like stop doing that but I used to internalize it a lot and be like it's my fault that I even trusted that person why was I so stupid to trust that person why was I so stupid to be in a relationship with this person why was I so dumb and like why did I waste my time and what did I and it's not you like you aren't no not to say that you aren't the problem because I feel like in every relationship in any like capacity that we have with people it takes two people to have a connection it takes two people to have a relationship and it takes two people to keep and maintain that relationship over time and so if that person is going to be low enough to do dirty like that that's fine that is not on you that doesn't mean you're stupid for trusting people if anything it means you've got a big heart and I think that that shouldn't let you be closed off to other people So my list isn't just these five things, but I'm going to end on this last one. And the last one is actually a hop off of the last um, point that I gave. And that is, I tend to, I don't know what it's called. Like, it's like revenge. Like, I, I like, the only thing that comes to mind is villain era. But sometimes I like to do that. And every time it doesn't work. And let me tell you why. If after every single friendship, relationship, situationship, um, bad workplace incident, bad fight with family, you are like, my response is to close off. I'm not going to trust people. Fuck everybody. Um, I don't want to do this life with other people. I don't want to have friends. I don't believe in having strong relationships with people. No one can be trusted. Everyone's out for themselves. Okay, if you're like that, you've been listening to too much Drake. And secondly, that's not life if you're a person who naturally has a big heart and you trust people and you love people and you're generous with your energy your attention and your time I think that that should make you have even more capacity for love in just a different area point it in a different direction so I know that a lot of people after you know their first heartbreak or after someone does them dirty or cheats on them they're like you know what well I'm gonna be this person I'm gonna go and break some hearts to kind of even it out and have my revenge and you know this is my comeback this is my bounce back from this humiliation or this agony or this um heartbreak that I feel and I and I think that I have done that in the past like I've just been like you know what, I'm never doing this again I'm never gonna trust anybody there's no one good out there um I've got no real friends and it doesn't have to be like that that is a very sad way to live if you just limit all of your love and your capacity and you just don't give it out to anybody and I think that life is so rewarding when you're able to give love to other people when you're able to support other people and be there for other people and have real genuine connections with people and moving forward definitely within the next year like before I turn 22 I want to make sure that 
anytime I get disappointed, anytime I get let down, anytime I get rejected, anytime that I get my heart broken, anytime that bad things happen, I never want it to affect my character. I never want it to affect how kind I am to people. I never want it to affect how generous I am to people. If anything, I'm just going to redirect that love, that attention that I was giving to this environment, this person, and redirect it to somewhere else, right? So if I'm in a relationship and then we break up and instead of being like, oh, I hate everyone and I'm just going to go and like do my own thing, I'm going to have a villain era, I will focus that attention and that love into my family or my friends or myself and still have that big capacity for love, still have that big heart, still have that trust for people, that genuine um, wanting to get to know people. Obviously have your boundaries because you never want to be just giving, 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 giving and not getting anything or giving from a place of not having anything to give. You want to be giving from a place of abundance because you have so much excess love, so much excess attention and energy to give to other people because you yourself are recharged and then you can move forward with other people doing other things and being the best that you can for other people. And so I feel like that was that's a really common red flag is that like being like, oh, I just got disappointed or I just got rejected from this job. So like in my next one, I'm just going to, or like when I'm an employer, I'm just going to reject a bunch of applicants because it'll make me feel better. And it's like when bullies, like people who get bullied become bullies. And it's like, why? Why would you ever want anyone to feel or make anyone feel the way that you've felt if you know that it's miserable? So I think that... That's another thing that I'm really priding myself on is my approach to people is a lot different. Like I'm able to forgive someone for upsetting me or letting me down or um, betraying me in some sort of way. Or if something didn't work out, I'm like, okay, it sucks that this didn't work out. And I, I really wish it would have, but I'm not going to spend the rest of my life hating that person, hating my environment, hating the people around me and hating my life. I'm going to use that and pour into myself a little bit more, pour into my friends, pour into a potential new friendship or relationship or workplace, whatever the case might be, wherever you feel like is right to apply this principle in your life. I really think that that is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. Yeah, I don't know. I think in my adolescence, I was very much like, yeah, I need to get back in revenge and villain eras and I need to prove a point. But I just find no joy in that. I find no satisfaction in that. I don't think anybody does. Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's an important thing to think about. So yeah. That's all for me. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to some of my red flags. And I hope that it has helped you want to think about your own and navigate your own and um, see how you can better that now whether you're single whether you're in a relationship whether you've got a bunch of friends around you if you're like lonely and you don't have many friends yet you can apply this to your new friends but even if you have friends you have a relationship you have people around you work in implementing some of these things and showing up better for yourself and showing up better for your people because you obviously want to be the best version of yourself that you can be um not only for you for other people as well 
for you mainly but for other people as well and for the betterment and the fulfillment of all of your relationships in your life and yeah I just think that it's given me a fresh new perspective I've got some things to work on um, I've got some things that I've already started working on and it feels good to be progressing in those areas and I think that that above everything is so important to me and honestly I've been in my podcast bag lately and I love this for us it's like therapy for me and hopefully it's therapy for you guys and um I hope you're having a great week and that anything that you want in this week you'll get it just because you listen to this episode so if you've listened this far I love you thank you so much for your time I hope that you have a great rest of your week your day your night whatever time you're listening to this and yeah I'll see you in next week's episode